0: Yo, check this out, man.
1: Welcome back to Ball On Live Lie right here on 104.9 at the Horn. Uh, midweek Movie Music. That's when Patrick takes songs from a particular soundtrack and based on the selections that are played, uh, Hard and I, Hard's not here, uh, supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of Midweek Movie Music. Public Enemy. Fight the Power. Oh, man, that should be a dead giveaway right there. Initially, I said, like, uh, school days. So I had to be before. I said no, no school days. Oh, um, um, is it still Spike Lee? It is Spike Lee. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, oh, man. Oh. Um, oh, man. It just slipped in my memory. I can't think of it right now.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, man. Boombox guy. Is it? Is it that one? Where I believe so, yes. I can't even think of it right now. So I still lose my black card.
3: You still need a black card, bro. For-
1: uh, I really I I man, I Radio Raheem's in it. Oh man, I can see right now Lawrence Fishburne in it. I just can't think of the name of it. Danny Aiello? Yep. My my CTE is kicking in. I really is, can't think of, of right it. Do the right thing. Do the right
3: thing. Do the Right Thing. Thank you very much. Came out this week, 1989.
1: Good stuff. Yep. Sorry. Disappointing. I, could, I, I, <laughs> I had like it in my I, head. I just I feel like
3: when you got to Spike Lee, I feel good that you got, you got no, most of the way there. I, you really, know movie was there. I could
1: see it. I could see it, stepping on the shoes, scuffing up the, the, the J's. I could see all the iconic scenes, and I literally couldn't think of it. My brain wasn't working. So I apologize. Sometimes my CTE kicks in, man, at the worst times. I apologize. My bad. Um, and, yes, I'll, my black card is suspended, I think. I think I still want the coalition. It's under review. I think I may get a text here. They, It may not be. It's like that's, that, that doesn't suffice. You know, that's on Jeopardy or something like that. You can't just refer to the right answer. You yeah. Know? You have to actually get the right the answer. The one with a guy in it? that's not going to get it. Oh, man, I'm upset. I don't even want to look at the specs text line because I'm sure they're very disappointed, too. Uh, All right, uh, specs text line 512 337 3776. Uh, Also, you can hit us up via Twitter. I'm at Rod Davis in the Twitterverse. Um, Oh, someone said house party. That was a good guess, too. Uh, Still would have been wrong. Uh, Also, you can hit us up uh, via Twitter. I'm at Rod Davis in the Twitterverse. And my man Patrick is at it's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. Not a lot of people got it, actually. Someone guessed mannequin in the first one, and I swear I was thinking the exact same thing after the first selection the first song, he played. Yeah. I swear I thought mannequin too. I was like, "Is it mannequin?" Because it was such a strange one. But there you go. Nope. it was do the right thing. Do the right thing. Come on, Rod B. <laughs> I should be forced to name five Spike Lee movies right now. <laughs> Just <laughs> trying to get my black card. That's why i far gonna make me do. Go name five Spike Lee movies right now. Go, go, go. All right. All right, I'll try. Inside then. All right.
3: <laughs> yeah, this was this was one that I was like, you know what, this is a good one cuz it's a good it's a well-known movie. It is. But it's just not one that's going to come like it's not oh. popping on the top of your head. No, and
1: it's been so long I swear. Yeah. I mean, you can you talking about what? late 80s? It came out 1989. Yeah, so late 80s. So and I was 80 like, I was 9 years old, but I remember how iconic it was and the young brash filmmakers Spike Lee and yeah. I remember all that stuff. And I probably haven't watched it, I would say, in I don't know, 25. Well, because a lot of years. these
3: like a lot of the movies I do get played on cable all the time. So if you're flipping through the channel, you've seen it in last. This one doesn't get played
1: all the time. They do not play this one. Because no. it may incite it's a lot some of, things. Yes. A lot of the <laughs> the tones of the movie these days in the in the era that we were in, everybody's ultra sensitive, yeah. would be considered offensive to some people, even though they are morals and lessons that are being Triggering. taught. Triggering. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, I apologize. I should have I should have been better at that. Do the right thing. Yep, my black card is definitely getting canceled. Not canceled, but suspended. Can't get canceled until I really screw it up. All right, we'll come back to uh, the midweek movie music. Thanks, to my man Patrick. Always doing a great job. Uh, let's get to some Cowboys conversation. So, so somebody actually, we talked about this, uh, I don't know, probably two weeks ago when Harge was here, about Dalvin Cook um, and how the Cowboys should consider Dalvin Cook. They need a running back, and Dalvin Cook is considered the top running back right now on the market. Um, turns out we're not the only ones. Dan Orlovsky and Stephen A. Smith were on. I believe this is first take, usually. Yeah, don't get stuff from first take. But I thought it was, I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, first of all, they, they agreed that Stephen A. would agree with whoever he's doing a show with. Uh, they agreed that the Cowboys should be one of the teams interested in one Dalvin Cook.
0: Dalvin Cook. Cook should go to the Dallas Cowboys and the Dallas Cowboys should sign Dalvin Cook. Here, here's the reality. Dallas, don't tell me you're legit about wanting to do everything that you can do to go win a Super Bowl if you don't sign Dalvin Cook. You're starting tailback Tony Pollard broke his leg five months ago. Dalvin Cook can still flat out go. You're an organization with head coach Mike McCarthy, fired offensive coordinator. I want to run the football more. You want to run the football more with a guy that just broke his leg five week, five months ago? Tony Pollard's a really, really awesome player. Dalvin Cook got four straight 1,000-yard seasons. He is a younger and more – productive. he's a more fresh version of Ezekiel Elliott. And I think that if Dallas is really serious, like really serious about making a Super Bowl run, are you a better football team with or without Dalvin Cook? You're a better football team with him. Go get Dalvin Cook. I don't want them to get Dalvin Cook.
1: Because I completely agree with you, Dan. We know I'm not rooting for the Cowboys. And the fact of the matter is, if they get him, that's a that's a weapon that they can have. You are absolutely right. Not only have there been four consecutive seasons of 1,100-plus yards, two of them were back-to-back 1,500-plus-yard seasons. The Think brother's a career 4.7 yards per carry a player. This brother's something special. Dalvin Cook can ball. So, again, absolutely positively correct. The Dallas Cowboys should get him. But the likelihood is that's probably why they won't, because it's a black cat running around that franchise. What can okay. go wrong will go wrong, <laughs> and they won't see it. They won't see it. Um, I, I don't know what they're waiting on. There you go. I'm glad Dan Olofsky and Stephen A. even jumped on the bandwagon. This would put the Cowboys, I'm not saying I'll put them over the top. I can't say that. But you to trying to beat the San Francisco 49ers and get past the divisional round? Yeah. I think this is the kind of move that gets you past the divisional round because putting you over the top means you're a Super Bowl contender. I don't know if it does that, Uh, but I think it gets you past the divisional round. I do. because Him and Tony Pollard, a healthy Tony Pollard in that backfield, and And he's an insurance policy in case. Exactly. We know the
3: amount of depth at running back and how it's been going for basically every team, for most teams, for the last four or five years to basically put everything on, on Tony Pollard coming back, being able to play at the high level early on, and then hope that there's nothing that takes him out for a game or two because now, oh, man, you know, he gets, he gets rung up on a play or something. You're in the playoffs. Tony Pollard gets rung up, and you're trying to run the ball and control the clock, and you have no other running backs that you can really trust.
1: Ronald Jones. Uh...
3: I mean, and Deuce Vaughn's good, but can you
1: trust him as a rookie in a playoff game to be your guy? I uh, right now is an unproven commodity like most of those guys. They need a bell cow uh, and they need an insurance policy behind Tony Pollard. I don't not, not a price tag for Dalvin Cook. Um, you know, may be pretty high. Apparently, right now, according to Tom Pelissero, he is fielding multiple offers. Like he has multiple offers and he is considering um, all of those options. He went on the uh, the Rich Eisen show and revealed that Cook has garnered significant interest as a free agent for multiple teams. He did not reveal the actual teams. Um, so maybe the Cowboys are one of those teams. He did not reveal the teams that actually put out offers for him. Uh, but he did reveal that teams like the Jets, the Dolphins, the Patriots, and the Broncos are likely to express interest if he could pick teams. And
3: what's funny, three of those are in one division. Uh, yes. Three of them are just trying to hope that the other one doesn't go and get them because then they know they have to play against them too.
1: Ding, ding, ding. That's an arms race happening in that division yeah. right now. But, yeah, I mean, I think this is the, the
3: question to go. I get if Dalvin Cook wants $12 million and wants a long-term deal and all that, I get where you're like, hey, man, we can't leverage everything onto getting him this year. It doesn't make sense. We Let's see what other people are available in the trade market. And let's look that way. Even though I know Jerry doesn't like to make trades. He's made a couple already. I, I'd look more that way if he wants you know, a long-term deal. Or so. But if he doesn't. And if you're willing to get it, and if he's like, "Oh no, I'll do it for seven mil for a year," what are you saving the money for? Mm. You know, that at a certain point, what are you saving it for? Because who else on the market? Who are you going to get halfway through the season that's going to take up that money? I think that's what we saw last year. Is oh no, we're holding on to this. We we need it for emergency, and they just never used it. Yeah, even when you brought in Jason Peters, it wasn't like Jason Peters cost you all of that money. Because th- there's a reason he's not
1: signed right now. Uh, and, and listen, I, I understand that the financial situation the Cowboys in. I mean, you're you're still paying Zeke in some dead money. Uh, you're, you've are you devoted $10 million already to the salary of Tony Pollard because you franchised yes. him. And then you're paying some of the other running backs. So you're probably, I don't know, probably close to $20 million, $15, $20 million already devoted to your running back position or something close to it. That's a lot of money. I get it. So it, it would be kind of an all-in move. But my argument you know, for the move to get Dalvin Cook for the Cowboys would be, and I know they don't normally like to uh, acquire players in free agency because they think you, o- you overpay in free agency, which you yeah. do. They like the value markets, which are trade markets and the draft and undrafted free agents. Those are the trade, those are the value acquisition markets, and that's what they like. But you just acquired Stefan Gilmore, just acquired Brandon Cooks via trade, so you got great value there out of those guys. Yep. Um, where should you spend that value? Try, trying to put you over the top because those guys are short-term kind of mercenaries for you. They they're basically two-year windows for Cooks and for Gilmore. And after that, You're going to redo everything because you're going to pay Michael Parsons. You're going to pay Trevon Diggs. You're going you know mean? to you start paying CeeDee Lamb. you got to pay a lot of guys yeah. who, are, who have overplayed their contract or outplayed their contract, and now their payday is coming. So while you have this value window right now that you've created, good for you. Gotta maximize it, because otherwise, you—I mean, what are you gonna do with the? Like you said, what are you gonna do with the value you've created in the salary cap with, with the extra salary cap room?
3: Well, and that's and the other point is, I get you can look at it and go, well, we're way overspending at running back this year. You know, yeah, I get it. Luckily, as long as you're not giving Dalvin Cook a long term deal, that's, then yeah, that's really Tony Pollard's on a franchise tag. So he's his money. You either re-sign him at the end of the year, he has a good another good year. You go sign him to a deal at the end of the year, or you move off of him. Deuce Vaughn's on a rookie contract. Yeah, Zeke's money is now – that gets diminished a lot more next season. You're now down to not really paying him. I think maybe it's like one or two left that you'll be paying him. So that's not a ton. And it opens up, so you go, well, next year we're not – it's, it's not like we have long-term money invested in the running back room. Yeah.
1: So it's not – You're I, leasing I, running backs. You're not buying them. Yeah, <laughs> you're and so <laughs> I don't think
3: that is, is much of a problem because you're like, well, we're here now. This isn't – we're not – we've filled the rest of the roster. I mean, we don't have a kicker, but we've filled the rest of the roster. We know kind of where we're at. If we need this piece, let's get the piece. And not – you know, we're not leveraging our future for it, Mm -hmm. but we're leveraging this season. And at what point do you – I just – like that whole we're saving it for a rainy day doesn't make sense if you historically have never used it on a
1: rainy day. Let's make it rain. Like, I mean, like Instead of waiting on the rainy day, Cowboys, hey, make it rain. Let's and, go. And Fitting if he wants money. to go to Miami and he doesn't <laughs>
3: want to play there, I get it. But there should be and, – and maybe they're already having conversations. They could
1: be, but they should be in this conversation. They, they should, should be one of those teams. And
3: it's, it seems odd that Jerry Jones is not letting people know because it's more of a Jerry Jones move to be kind of in front of it and putting his name out in the – The front and be like, oh no, we're we're going after you know we're going to put a name out there we're we're doing everything we can to win. That seems more like his style
1: because I don't think they are. I I do think they remember those four words. We like our guys, and you know what? They were right about their guys last year. They liked their guys, and they're right. And usually they have been right about their guys. They draft really really well. Um, But man, you're trying to. To me, this is about a two year window you've created with the Brandon Cooks move and the Stephon Gilmore move. Right now, you got a top five defense. Yeah. Top five. We don't know how long Dan, kept Dan, Dan Quinn? Quinn. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, I think we we there's also a theory, the conspiracy theory that I like, and I've thrown it out there several times. Dan Quinn is basically kind of waiting on to see how the Mike McCarthy experiment yeah. ends, or what the result is. If they get past the divisional round, Mike McCarthy signs an extension. It's all good. If they don't, Mike McCarthy is fired. Dan Quinn gets the job. So maybe that's why they kept him. But either way, you don't know. That window might be short too. Your top five defense with the architect of that defense. I don't, and you want to run the ball more. You want to run the ball more. You've been saying you want to run the ball more, but you don't have a bell cow running back. All you got are a lot of like I said. And Tony Pollard, he is still coming off injury. And by the way, uh, Skip Pete, the last running back coach for the Cowboys, said he's not in every down back. He seriously said he's not the sedan that Zeke is. He's a he's a high, he's a really he's a fast. He's one of those fast race cars. He says he's great. I mean, to go zero to eighty real quick. But he's gonna run out of gas real quick too, and some running backs are built differently. And he said Tony Pollard is not built for every down wear and tear to be a bell collar running back. And I, yeah. I believe him. He's built to be a complementary running back to another back. Yeah, you gotta I, have another back there, not just him.
3: And I agree that he can take on more of a load this year. Yes. I, I, I we all we're not saying that he can't take on more of a load. However, that what is that load in in a Mike McCarthy offense where you're going to run the ball more than they were running it last year, and they were running the ball thirty times. A game last year. How many carries are you giving him? And who are you giving the other carries to if he's 20 a game, even 25 a game, and you're going to run the ball 35 times a game, 40
1: times a game? Those are wasted carries if you give it to some jabroni.
3: And if, are you giving <laughs> him a Deuce Vaughn and hoping that he's a rookie going to be able to you know, make consistent good plays and not be more of a situational back in his rookie season? Mm-hmm. Are you hoping that Malik Davis takes a real big step this offseason? and comes in and can play at a high level? Are you hoping that Ronald Jones is suddenly a different player than he has been for the last three seasons? And also, none of these guys are known for pass protection. That is actually None of them yeah, are known for that's it. That's
1: a great point.
3: So if you – like, and I get Dalvin Cook is also not the best pass protector either. He's probably better than anyone that Cowboys have on the roster right now. Uh, I'd agree with that. But he's – I mean, I get that he's not going to be that greatest guy in that. So if you have another solution, I'm all ears. If you have another guy that you're thinking, hey, maybe we can make straight and he'll be good, better in pass pro, and he'll be and he's a more you know, a change of pace from Tony Pollard, because Dalvin Cook and Tony Pollard are similar in some ways too. Dalvin Cook is a big play running back as well. Mm-hmm. So maybe you go, hey, we don't want to add another guy that's too much similar to this. We want to add something else so we have a little fire and ice as opposed to fire and fire.
1: That's fine, but either way, but go I need to, get, I get I need to see something. Yeah.
3: And when this is presented in front of you. And you're just going to let it go, hoping that somebody else gets on the market. It's a lot riskier.
1: They may trade for a running back, too, later on. Maybe a team has a yeah, – no, there are teams like the Bears who are going to end up having too many good backs. There yeah, a I mean, the teams Falcons teams could, be a, per, a Falcons team could that, be a team wait, like with, that. with
3: Algier is a yeah, type of guy they exactly. go, I know they say they want to use both of them because they run the ball constantly. But with Cordell Patterson, B. Yep. John Robinson, and Algiers, at, are all three going to be happy – yeah. And I know Cordell Patterson is probably going to be the, try they, the guy they try to move because he's he just costs more money, so you'd rather ditch debt a debtor. guy with a bigger, you know, yeah. an older guy with. But they
1: like him because he fits their positionless football exactly. philosophy. So,
3: but that's a, like there will be those guys, but are those guys going to be available by week six or whatever the trade deadline is?
1: Yeah, no. Are really. they going to be
3: available by then, or do you miss the window and you get into week eight, and then you're like, ah, crap?
1: I think it's a roll of the dice, and I don't like it for the Cowboys. You going to sign
3: Melvin Gordon at week eight. Is that is that what you are going to do? The guy who couldn't hold on to a football?
1: Yeah, I I don't. That, it's one of the. I think they've had a marvelous offseason. And one of my big concerns as a quasi Cowboys fan is what the hell are they going to do at running back right now?
3: No, and I, look, I'd love to see Tony Pollard come out and just be a dominant running back this year. It would be great because then they'll go, "Well, you were dominant. We'll give you four mil a year." Is that's where the running back market is? Yeah, but but I don't I don't know. I just don't see that. I see that there is. So much more of a window open for it to not work than to work, and you're playing with such fire for a team that continues to say that you're you're so close. And you made the Gilmore trade, you made the Cooks trade. You there? I don't get why you
1: don't push that less. Yeah, right there. This is what the Eagles would do: is they would go, they would make the move to put them over the top. They would, and And the Cowboys would make make enough moves to get (laughs) them right there, close to the mountaintop, and then they decide we're good enough. Yeah,
3: and it's like if you like your guys, I'm sure you can find somebody that. You now have an excess of linebackers, too, if you really need to move off a linebacker in a trade. Now, you know, you'd prefer not to, but if, if you got guys and Overshawn's impressing and uh, the guy from Jabriel Cox, Jabril that Cox, that Cox is, is impressing, then you maybe you go, mean. hey, man, maybe we can move one of these linebackers for somebody that would really need some defensive help and put that as part of a trade and get a running back back and we're not necessarily give up a bunch of draft value.
1: Uh, Speaking of linebackers, a great segue, Uh, Micah Parsons, who is going to play everywhere, he says he's going to play all different positions, even though at one point he said he was going to be playing more exclusively at defensive end. Uh, That was corrected later, clarified by Dan Quinn saying he's a pass rushing linebacker. So we'll move him around all over the place. Um, he claims now that he's going to be playing at 255 pounds. Remember, he was here in Austin, actually, um, working out at the Collective, uh, talking about gaining weight. He played around 245 pounds. Now he's around 255 pounds. Uh, he say he currently weighs a little under 250, but he wants to get to 255 and he's talking about a lot of the attention that he's about to start getting. Here's a great clip of them uh, talking to Micah about him now being uh, a featured piece on that defense, but also now getting all the attention from the opposing offense. You guys are after you now. You know? Yeah, that's cool,
2: come. You want them to come. You know, like you said, if you, if you go to a safari, you see buses, they all pull up on lines. They don't flinch, why? Because they're kings, you know? I'm not gonna flinch. Please come come visit. You're more than welcome. I'm I'm okay with feeling uncomfortable.
1: I do, I, I love music Michael Parsons though. I do. I love uh the way he kinda uh the, the the backhanded compliments that he gives other players and then the humble brags that he throws out there about himself. Yeah. But this is why the weight he's putting on actually is important because there's a term being thrown out there now about a Parsons Plateau. He's only played two years in the league. Uh, But the league is quick to pick up trends and patterns. And uh, they call it the Parsons Plateau. You go look at his first 11 games uh, last season. He had, uh, I think it was 12, he had 12 sacks Uh, in those 11 games. I mean, he was on a tear in the final six games he ends up with one and a half, two sacks in those final six games. He had nine games with at least four tackles in the first eleven. Um, one game with at least four tackles in the final six. Three forced fumbles in the first eleven. Zero forced fumbles in the final six. His production and the havoc rate—they—they uh, flatline. Uh, at one point in the season, and they're not sure if he's getting tired or just banged up. Of course, he gets you know beat up a little bit at that point in the season. Everybody is, and he's broken up essentially for the wear and tear. Their belief is that it's wear and tear um, that's breaking him down. Uh, when he played eighty, when he played eighty percent of the snaps for the Cowboys, um, they were eight and one. When he played ninety percent or more snaps for the Cowboys, they were one and three. And I don't actually, I'm I'm saying it was all because of Micah, but he is their most important defensive player. Some would say their most important player, period, Uh, offense or defense. And I think there are two things that are going to help him avoid the Parsons plateau uh, that people are referencing. Number one, how they move him around. This is why I think Dan Quinn was bullish on, no, no, he's going to be moved around a ton. And then later on, even uh, Micah clarifies and said, no, I will be playing eight different positions. Now, he is... That's hyperbole. He's exaggerating. But he's going to be moved around more than he has probably has been in the previous two seasons because they're trying to avoid teams being able to zero in on how to stop him and neutralize him. And then number two, uh, I think you're going to see them try to put the weight on him. to Try to see if, man, maybe he's just getting beat down at that late in the season. And that's a part of the Parsons plateau that people are referencing to. Um, all right. So we'll get to uh, some more NFL later on the show. We'll get to it in 6 o'clock, get to the NFL. We got NBA discussion on the other side. There's some NBA trade rumors out there. Also, Kyrie Irving report from Woes we got to get to. Uh, There's also a uh, James Harden report for Rockets fans out there who have been listening to all the rumors that Harden may be coming back to H-Town. And details on what was discussed at the Spurs Legends Dinner. With Victor Winbinyama, Tim Duncan, uh, David Robinson, Sean Elliott, Manu. Uh, Sean Elliott revealed some details about it. We'll play that audio, too. All that more coming up right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the
0: main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure.
1: Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white for. But in front of you, to speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue
0: problems. Hey, are you dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael? Oh, that's funny. Michael?
1: Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 Horn Midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when Patrick the Idillionaire takes songs from a particular soundtrack. And then based on the selections that are played, usually hard. So he's on vacation, but myself, we gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. And although I knew what the film was based on the four o'clock clue, I could not recall it well enough to remember the name of Do the Right Thing. So therefore, my black card will be suspended. I did get the text from the coalition. It will be suspended for one week. All right. And I am on notice that if I have one more suspension of the black card within the next two weeks, then I will be apparently recommended for cancellation. Yeah. As I said, so I can't be losing the black card anymore. So this is on with Patrick, actually. I'm blaming Patrick for this because it was do the right thing even though it was obvious he did play public enemy and it's like how many soundtracks have public enemy on it
3: damn it how many times are you fighting the power in a movie
1: that's true exactly <laughs> that's why i knew it was a spike lee joint <laughs> i got that right so yeah. I, I was like oh this is spike this is spike lee joint and I, I remembered the spike lee joint but just could not remember the title of the film uh that's all right uh, all right either way uh, some of y'all out there probably don't even remember Fight the Power. But uh some of y'all do, and a lot of y'all got to do the right thing. So I appreciate you guys on the Specs Text Line, 512-337-3776. Let's talk NBA here. Uh, because um the Kyrie Irving uh report that I heard was I thought first of all it was surprising, but also I thought good news. Although surprising but good for Mavs fans. Uh Adrian Wolzenarowski apparently is reporting that it's likely very likely that the Mavs retain one, or at least they uh, resign one Kyrie Irving. Here is uh, Adrian Woznarowski.
0: For Kyrie Irving, legitimate places that he would leave uh, Dallas for that make sense, that are available to him. It's extremely limited. Uh, perhaps almost nil. I think the full expectation is that he returns in Dallas. The question will be Uh, what kind of a deal does he go back on? How many years on a contract? I don't think the the money will be as much of an issue as how many fully guaranteed years are there for Kyrie Irving. I think that's where the negotiation is going to be between he and the Mavericks. But if he wants to maximize his money on this deal, the place to do that is in Dallas. If he wants a chance to win and make a lot of money, Uh, or certainly win at a certain level, uh, playing with Luka Doncic. They certainly have much more to do with that roster, uh, but certainly a very formidable one-two punch with the Mavericks. It is back in Dallas again. The question will be, how many years is that deal? What kind of a commitment do the Mavericks make to Kyrie Irving?
1: All right, there you go. So it's good. Well, just saying, hey, looks like Kyrie is headed back to Dallas. He doesn't know the numbers or how long it would, you know, the contract extension would be for. Uh, I was surprised to hear him say that nobody, not a lot of buzz for the Kyrie market right now. Must be the reputation that Kyrie has. Strangely enough, he did not live up to that reputation with the Mavs. I thought with the Mavs, he was on his best behavior as a yeah. teammate-wise, um, but they couldn't for some reason the chemistry between he and Luka. Well, just did not click all season.
3: You also trade away a lot of good defense. Yes, for a team that needed more defense, and you hire a coach who they're still keeping, who wants defense, and you just trade away every single person who could play defense except Reggie Bullock and Maxi Kleba a little bit, where you're only two guys who would even try on defense, and uh, and you got rid of it. that was you got rid of everybody. You're like, no, we're keeping Jason Kitt. Ah, uh, no, yeah, yeah Jason.
1: That was strange considering how many coaches we saw fired who had you know resumes. More impressive or as yeah. impressive as he has not been Kidd. fired
3: as many times as Jason Kidd has.
1: Exactly. <laughs> um, so th- this tells you that, hey, whatever uh, Mark Cuban and the uh, the Mavs got going there, they believe Jason Kidd is not part of the problem. Like, he's part of the solution. Yeah. Which some people would disagree. I think Patrick, based on his tone, one of the people that disagrees with that. It about is. Jason I, Kidd.
3: And, I mean, another thing with the Kyrie we should know is that he basically, they've worked to give him number 11 back that Tim Hardaway Jr. is changing his numbers so that Kyrie could have 11 if he re-signs. And that seems like it would be a hey. omen that he is going to be staying. Is I like If that. you're talking about jersey numbers, yeah. it would seem that you're likely going to stay. And I agree with you. I don't know what the market is outside of, you know, it's, the Spurs aren't going to go for him and no. and the Rockets aren't going to go for the him. The
1: Lakers thing the isn't Bistons happening. The aren't
3: going to go for him. But, like, the Lakers don't have cap space.
1: That's what I'm saying. That's not happening.
3: So you don't. Yeah. no one else can really offer him anything monetarily. And the teams that can are young enough teams that are like, hey, let's not add this in, yeah, you know, the not, we're not competing for a title right now. Yeah, and if we add this in, it could be a horrible misstep that we're going to teach all our young guys. You know, this is their leader, and he's a very charismatic guy because he is—he's really liked in most locker rooms. Now, some didn't as much, but but a, a lot of players really like Kyrie. So, I, you know, his perception outside of the. NBA locker rooms is super yeah, with the toxic media and terrible. And the fans is different than but with a the lot players. of the players really like him, so yeah. I, I think that you don't necessarily want to bring that in and have a bunch of players, and then he leads a mutiny against yeah. your coaching. And staff he's or, influential,
1: yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you on. That's a good point. Uh, so I was shocked to hear uh, not really a market for uh, Kyrie Irving, but hey, at least the Mavs right now are the leaders in uh, that, that market for Kyrie Irving. So it looks like he's going back to Dallas. A lot of Rockets fans were expecting, because some of the reports were hinting, that James Harden would be heading back to H-Town, to Houston, because they got lots of cap space. And there are reports that James Harden was considering, or at least his top two choices were Houston and returning to the 76ers. Um, here is uh, also Woj uh, telling uh, telling us that basically the 76ers may be winning this uh, sweepstakes because they're going all in to try to get James Harden back.
0: Well, start with Philadelphia, Kevin. They're, they're determined to keep James Harden, but it'll be a negotiation. It's probably not going to be uh, just the traditional full Uh, max long-term deal that he's been able to command throughout his career and then you know look to his former home in Houston where they have a tremendous amount of salary cap space Uh, and you know there's been a mutual interest uh, in a possible return there but the Rockets have a lot of other options too uh, in free agency as they build out their roster and there's always sign and trade possibilities around the league Uh, the ability to uh, go to a team that doesn't have salary cap space uh, if they provide Philadelphia uh, with assets if they go in that direction. And teams can still move money around, create salary cap space that doesn't exist today. So a lot can happen and I'm sure will happen before June 30th. But certainly, you know, there's a pathway back to a contender uh, with the Sixers that I think perhaps financially uh, for James Harden, You know, could make a lot of sense, and certainly a team with Nick Nurse uh, as their new head coach, you know, certainly provides a backdrop for him to continue with a contender.
1: All right, there you go. Uh, So the Rockets are in it, but the Rockets have uh, maybe higher priorities than getting James Harden back. And with uh, with the draft they just had, I wonder, I mean, they do need some veteran influence. Just not. Um, they do need some veteran influence on that team. Uh, and I think they'll they're definitely gonna try to get it via free agency. Just not sure exactly who it's going to be. And if they want that to be James Harden. Um, as Patrick mentioned, those guys are very influential. Sometimes with a young core, uh, maybe you want to avoid that. Okay, uh, last piece of audio I want to play here, NBA related, is for Spurs fans. So a little Rockets, Mavs news and get you some Spurs news too. So Wimby did go on a very upscale dinner with the legends of, uh, not all of them, but most of the legends of the Spurs organization. Tim Duncan there, David Robinson, uh, Manu Ginobili was there, Sean Elliott was there too, of course, along with Wimby. And the photo has become iconic already and famous in Spurs circles. Uh, but here, Sean Elliott was on Dan Patrick, I believe. And he gives a little preview as to what went on and what was discussed at that legends meeting.
2: Uh, he's a very, very mature young man, Dan. And he asked all the right questions. I mean, I, I think we all came away from that dinner just even more excited, more enthusiastic than we'd ever been.
0: Give me a, for instance, what was he asking? Because I was more curious about he was what he was asking more than what you were telling him.
2: Uh, just questions about how to prepare your body, how to get rest, uh, what the travel schedule is like, because uh, you're coming from playing 55 to 60 games to playing 82. Uh, I think he wants to play as many games as he possibly can, but he's already somebody who uh, is very in tune with eating the right way getting his rest uh you know he he asked us all if uh you know h- how can you get enough sleep on the road i mean what what, what kind of young person <laughs> asked that that question i mean most guys are like hey what's the best club to go to in <laughs> philly or new york you know he's asking how he can get rest on back to backs and so uh again just uh, you know really mature and wise beyond his years
1: wow R- really he's asking how can i get Sufficient. Sleep on the road. I mean, Patrick, I mean, I, I just, I'm happy for you guys. I'm jealous. <laughs> but this is, I mean, this guy, all the boxes are checked, and it just seems like I don't I don't know where he could, where this could go wrong for the Spurs. Because even if he's not all the time great like LeBron, it seems like he's just so mature and so such an old soul that combined with his skill set, combined with the Spurs, Man, the success in terms—I'm not talking about how to define it, how many championships—but he's going to reach a really high level of success. There's going to be a championship in his future with the Spurs. We just don't know when it's going to be.
3: Yeah, I mean, he's—it's—it's <laughs> it's just crazy to see somebody who is, you know, a rookie, but seems like mentally like he is a veteran who's been playing for years, crazy. and just goes, "Hey, man!" So I know that when I was on. These are the things I had to deal with in France and travel, and I, the America is bigger than France, so we are. The you know, travel is going to be different, and you know I'm I'm a big guy. I believe they Spurs have said that he was listed now uh, officially at seven three and a half. Okay, is what saying. now
1: we got something for seven three and a half.
3: Seven three like and a half it. is what they are saying. Okay, uh, it seems taller than that, but he does seem taller. Than that. But that is what they that is what they have put out. Okay, it's seven three and a half.
1: Right, why would they? Do they have a reason? To be dishonest about that, maybe maybe Does it he gives him an advantage. Maybe somehow? he
3: wears lifts. I don't know. He <laughs> seems taller than well, that. Well,
1: I because famously Kevin Durant like lies about his height to everybody. A He's like of, a, a lot of guys do. Yeah, a, they, like they,
3: Kevin Kevin Garnett did too. A lot of guys want to be six right? eleven
1: because they don't want to be considered a center.
3: If you're seven foot, you're considered a center. Yeah, you just, they consider it a different way of play. But six eleven. Just a tall guy. It's a tall, small forward right
1: there. <laughs> that is it's one of the few situations where men will lie down when they lie about something or decide to be dishonest about something. Most of time, men are lying up about something. How many women they've been with. Well, how much weight do they lift. You know, hell, men even lie about, like, trying to be older when they're trying to get into something. Like, men lie, usually they lie up uh, in their numbers and stuff like that. And women, they lie, their lies tend to decrease whatever the numbers yeah. are. Their age, their weight, their how many guys are, you know, lovers they've had. Women, they usually lie down. Men lie up. By the but way, did you see
3: that yeah. that Drake tweet for Grady Dick?
1: No, I heard it was a people are like getting on him. It was offensive. What did he say? Can was, you say it? It
3: was Grady Dick holding up a jersey that says Dick won and he was like you know when the good girls come around with their counts.
1: <laughs> this is great idea. Okay. Nick. Yeah, I mean yeah. come on, that's his name.
3: That's his name. That's his name. His name. And he's hit. a Toronto Raptor. He and he said
1: a- his goal was to get Basically a shout out from Drake, yeah, and he wants Drake to wear his yeah, he's jersey. Already, he's already got well, he's got the shout out already. Okay, he said he wanted Drake to wear his jersey. I think. I don't, I don't. Drake wears a lot of jerseys, so I'm so yeah, he'll I mean, do he it wears before. everybody's
3: jersey. <laughs> exactly. You definitely. know, you don't have to be a raptor. <laughs>
1: yeah, you ain't got to be a raptor. Drake will wear your jersey. Uh, but there you go. Uh, so Spurs fans continue to wallow in the bliss of Wimby. I mean, he hasn't. There's been no wrong step yet. Just wait them then to to have a wrong step, a misstep, or something. You know misspeak uh, about some particular topic. No. Always says the right thing. The breakfast tacos was money. And he said that all the Spurs fans just kind of lost it. He was like, so what's the one thing you want to do when you get to San Antonio? the first thing? He's like, breakfast tacos. I've heard good things. And then I was like, yes! He understands us! He gets us! One of (laughs) us! One of us! (laughs) One of us! us." He really is. He's like, he's like really starting to ingratiate himself. When he comes in, he
3: goes, I want to hang out with all the guys you love. And you're
1: like, yeah, we want to hang out with them too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh man, you that's... know,
3: you know, David Robinson had to love it because he's like, all right, this young guy, I have to tell him, you know, the rules in San Antonio. You know, we don't party like that. And mm-hmm. I mean, because there, there was a thing of back in the day that Avery Johnson and uh, David Robinson had a no porn on the bus rule.
1: Hold up, what was this rule?
3: No porn on the bus. You could not uh, road trips. Everything, no porn.
1: Why did there have to be a rule where there's excessive amounts of it and on the buses? Because the guys were going on the road
3: and, <laughs> and they were going in their hotel, but they were like, "No, that's not a Spurs. Don't do it that way." Spurs don't do it that and way. And so, guys like Dennis are we Rodman about printed are like, on the printed. This is in the mid '90s. So, like, so it's printed, so but, this is like when Dennis Rodman was there. Dennis yeah. Rodman, not a fan of these rules.
1: Yeah, I gotta tell you, printed porn is one of those things. Like now, you can't find anywhere, and it's good. It's good that it's now. Good that remember you should, back in the day, you go to an airport. Like yeah. an airport store and they'd have magazines there and like in the corner. That'd be the magazines in plastic and it'd be like penthouse or something yeah. like that. Like, okay, if you buy that in an airport on your trip to the Midwest, I'm gonna say, you know what, you might have some issues.
3: Well, you know yeah. you're going on a business trip and you don't know the town. Where are you gonna find it in town? <laughs> you gotta find it in town. I, you couldn't just Google Cleveland
1: <laughs> dirty uh, shops. No, back then. No, you have to find the that's why the triple X like like yeah. banners and stuff are really big. And the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and make sure they had the big billboard Covered signs. parking lots. Triple X, <laughs> Megaplex. And then you knew exactly where to go. Um, yeah. Oh, man. I, they still have those in places. Don't they? Don't they I, I
3: think there's still someone like, on 35 coming in. There's yeah. like a row of them,
1: that they It's amazing that Jeff Bezos hasn't put them out of business. Jeff Bezos has basically hurt every other part of the, you know, the, the, the shopping world and retail and yet the sex shops still doing pretty I good. I
3: think there's some things Jeff Bezos can't offer.
1: <laughs> yes, he can. He Uh-oh. offers that no, no. stuff.
3: And I can't say it on the radio, but I don't think <laughs> he can offer it.
1: I think he offers that stuff. Uh, all right, we're coming back. That technically was off the record. But we'll get off the record again right here on Ball Don't the Horn. D D. Mega doo I'm sorry, Mengoodoo. Once it's turned
2: on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, I don't get, I get a day of breaking day comb. Well,
0: congratulations. Continue. Good sex in the sex in the big east. Thank you, Jimmy.
1: And boom goes the dynamite.
0: It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live! I can will write it and we'll do it live! And thing sucks!
1: All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie. Uh, real quick here, since we're up against it for off the record, uh, if you are a fan of Will of Fortune, you know by now that Pat Sajak is retiring. He is moving on. And they're looking for a new host. Uh, new York Post is reporting that it's Ryan Seacrest that he's in, um, and he's going to be the new host. They haven't announced that officially, but that is a report from the New York Post. Also, uh, Vanna White is very upset by this. Reportedly, so upset, uh, she may actually sue uh, Will of Fortune. Right. She wanted to be the host? Yes. She okay. did. Yeah, that's the report. It says Ryan Seacrest, 48, was announced Tuesday. Oh, so it was announced as Pat Sajak's replacement on Wheel of Fortune following the veteran host retirement next year. Uh, however, it remains to be seen whether Sajak's longtime letter-turner, Vanner White, 66, will be joining Seacrest on the revamp program. White, who appeared on Wheel uh, since 1982. Damn, that stability. That's, that's longevity. Uh, has reportedly lawyered up in the wake of Sajak's retirement news and Amit claims she hasn't had a pay raise in 18 years. But according to this report, she's been making around $3 million a year since 2005.
3: That's a, it's a lot of money. <laughs> Now. So,
1: are oh, you not on Vanna's side here?
3: Look, I'll wear a dress and flip, <laughs> flip number for three mil a year. I will do it for one mil. I'll give you a discount. <laughs> give you a discount. Well, come on. Go out there and they'd be like, who's that
1: man with a goatee and a dress <laughs> flipping number? Yeah, you, got, you gotta be as fine as Vanna White, so both of us are out. Yeah. So, we're not as good looking. Problem, you gotta be but. really good looking, and she's good looking. Three mil a year, though, since '05, and has received bonus bonuses. Not raises, but bonuses during that time period. Um, Pat Sajak reportedly earns fifteen million a year from the show.
3: Damn. Let I- me ask you this: if because there's another thing Ryan Seacrest is doing, because he just has to do everything.
1: Yeah, is he American Idol still?
3: I think so. Yeah, he I, that. I don't American watch it, Idol but I'm sure he does that. Yeah, uh, he has like a radio show. He does. Yep. He just does nonstop. If you were told that Ryan Seacrest was an early version of AI. And he's just like he's just a robot. He doesn't. You'd be <laughs> like, yeah, <it> makes sense, <laughs> right? I will, Yeah, you're Because right, he works so damn much. He works so damn much, and everything he does doesn't really require like. No, he doesn't require thinking as Sucks. much as it requires. Like, yes, it, it takes talent. It takes talent and skill. But, to it, do but that it takes yes. talent and skill, but it doesn't take. You're yeah. like, no, you could train a robot to do what he does.
1: You, yeah, I think you can train a lot. <laughs> I think you can train people to do it, but or do they have the charisma and yeah. they have the brand that he does, and no. he's got a good brand. He does. He's about to make. He's probably gonna make twenty million a year from this alone. Because pay Sajak is making fifteen a year. Good Lord, this guy's only twenty million a year. Easy.
3: Yeah, I would have retired a long time ago too if I was Pat Sajak.
1: And you know they're gonna replace Vanna White now because she's causing too much of a storm. So they're just gonna pay her off to go away. Yeah. Who's gonna be the letter turner to get paid $3 mil a year to turn the letter? Who's Who's that person in our? And I you just find somebody hot and sexy and just yeah. let her do it. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think if you're I mean, find I don't know. I don't know how particular much particular person to do it. Three meal a year. You think some people would be lining up to do that damn I'm, job? I'm sure there are because you don't listen, You only tape that show. I believe because it's five days a week, but they they take one day like out of the week or like take a couple of days out of the month to film it. Yeah, you don't go to work every day. You go to work like five times a month. Jeez, for that damn show. That's oh. what I'm saying. Like they do all the shows for the week on one day.
3: That's yes, that's nuts.
1: That's what. That's why yeah. it's an awesome gig.
3: Yeah, yeah, dude. Hey, you guys. If you need a new letter turner, let me know. For
1: real. Oh, Steve. Oh, someone says Steve Harvey's on every show. Steve Harvey worked a lot too. He does. He got like five jobs too. He does. Man, he does. He's got a ton of them. Uh, also, someone says he was a producer for the Kardashians. Damn, he just get this. The money's rolling in. Oh, someone says Megan the Stallion should be the letter- Yes! <laughs> Master Gardner, let Megan the Stallion turn them damn letters. That is a great question for the Specs text line. 512-337-3776. Who replaces Vanna White? You already know Ryan Seacrest is going to replace uh, Pat Sajak. Who replaces Vanna White? It, give it to me. And I don't want some Instagram model. Give me somebody well-known. I want a modern-day sex symbol or a future sex symbol.
3: I'm not going to go with bad baby.
1: Yeah, I don't want to exactly. Come on. Maybe that. All right. Uh, we'll have to have we come back right here Ball Don't Lie, 104.9.